Welcome to Christian Singles and Married on Air, a program designed to teach biblical purpose, process, and pattern of marriage for the Christian Singles and Married. I am your brother, Olusegun Mukwolu. If we look today at the state of marriage, it is becoming something else. We have situation where divorce is at an alarming rate. Pain, heartbreaks, disappointment, and all forms of pains that people experience because of marriage. Now, marriage is an integral part of the society. In other society, it's been turned into something evil where you have a man and a man coming together as husband and husband. Now, we are beginning to have that. Even the singles are not spared. As they attempt to also get married, they are faced with a lot of challenges, heartbreak, all form of sexual immorality on the way, heartbroken, and they seem to be confused. But the word of God is very clear. We have definite counsel from the word of God on how we should go about our marriage that guarantees fulfillment, that guarantees joy, that guarantees happiness. That is building it on the rock. And that rock is Jesus Christ. Now, in the course of this series, we shall be looking at three things. God's purpose for marriage. God's pattern for marriage. God's process for marriage. Now, under God's purpose for marriage, we want to understand what is the difference between kingdom marriage and worldly marriage? What is the difference between kingdom relationship and godly courtship? We want to know is dating boyfriend, girlfriend, permitted according to the word of God or is there an alternative that God had arranged in his word for us to follow then we will look at what exactly is the eternal purpose of God for marriage because marriage has eternal purpose what we can call temporal purpose and specific purpose we will be looking at it we will be looking at the purpose for the fruit of marriage 
we'll be looking at how marriage is a covenant marriage is not a contract it's a covenant we'll be discussing that in the course of our series then why god hates divorce because of the alarming divorce rate now there's a tendency to think that maybe god is beginning to condone divorce i want to say god hates divorce and god is not going to start liking divorce anytime soon then we also look at god's pattern for marriage we will look at the illustration of christ and the church as a pattern we will look at living and cleaving what does it mean to to live and what does it mean to cleave? we will look at naked but not ashamed how to learn how to submit in marriage understanding how to love your wife handling finances in marriage handling illness in marriage balancing work and marriage today um work is taking a lot of our time and if care is not taken we will allow marriage to suffer because of work balancing ministry it will be interesting also to know that even for those in ministry there is tendency to allow their marriage to suffer on account of ministry we'll be looking at that raising godly children biblical way to enjoy sex in marriage your home a church and then wisdom for living together then we will now look at the process the process for those who want to get married what is the process what does god expect you to know how should you go about it things to know before you think of marriage counting the cost of marriage what to look for in a woman it's not every woman that is a wife what to look for in a man it's not every man that is a husband how to know who to marry does god still leads people today can god lead you to the person you you should marry or do you just have to date randomly and hope that someday somebody somewhere just pops up and proposes to you how god lead people in the how god led people in the bible in marriage and life how to propose to a sister and how to handle proposal understanding your feelings this is crucial understanding your feelings because we have all kinds of feelings we have the feelings of lust passion compassion pity infatuation attraction excitement affection erotic feeling all these are feelings that people often interpret or misinterpret as love then handling the difference between love and infatuation we looked at that in detail biblical way of courtship getting wedded the bible way now the first thing i want us to consider as we commence this series uh today is to look at the genesis of marriage what when when did it all start how did it all start we need to understand that now when you look at genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and you see it's starting in genesis genesis chapter 1 verse 26 says and god said let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth verse 27 so god created man in his own image in the image of god created he him male and female created he them now the first thing we are noticing is that god created marriage that may sound 
very simplistic but understanding it will change the way we go about marrying or the way we go about operating our marriage god created marriage what does that tells us it means that except we go back to him we can't understand marriage except a young person goes back to god he can't understand the process except a married person goes back to god he can't understand the pattern because marriage is not the idea of man so somebody cannot legislate and begin to say a man can marry a man a woman can marry a woman you can't legislate marriage didn't originate from you it come it came from god God himself ordained marriage. God himself created marriage. That means everything that has to do with marriage, God knows it better than anybody else. So the place we can run to, to seek counsel, is to run back to God. If marriage institution is being destroyed today, we can only build it back by going back to God. By going back to the foundation. God laid the foundation in Genesis. God created marriage. God thought of it. Nobody thought of it. And it was between a man and a woman. A male and female. Not between two females. Not between two males. God created marriage. There is a tendency to think that, oh, what has God got to do with marriage? Everything. Everything. Don't think you know, you know about marriage outside of God. You don't. That's why we have the problem we have today. Because we have neglected the author of marriage. We have neglected the person who created marriage. We don't even factor him into it. People just fall in love and they get married. And then they face all kinds of problems. But God created marriage. God is the author. And for us to understand it, to make it work well, then we have to go back to the author of marriage even in our daily life things that are made we go back to the manual manual comes from the manufacturer it is the manufacturer who produces the manual and if you don't operate a device an equipment by the manual you are going to run into trouble but that manual was from the manufacturer, the person who thought of it and put it together. You can say, well, um, this is the way I want to run my own computer. When I open it, I want to pour water on it to cool it down. Now, the, 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 the manual will tell you that you should, not, uh, you should not allow water to be poured on your system, on your laptop, on your desktop, that you should keep them away from, from any liquid. Now, if you disobey that instruction, you are going to run into trouble. That is why we are running into trouble today with regards to marriage. God created it. And if we will understand it, we must go back to God. We must seek counsel of Him. We must ask Him, Father, how do we go about it? How do we go about it? Now, for us to begin to access the wisdom of God, concerning marriage we have to also go back to the foundation which is the purpose of marriage why did he create it for example if you buy a generator and you put that generator in your kitchen and all you do is to put a flat tray on it
and to just arrange some of your kitchen items on it now that will serve some purpose for you but you have wasted money you have wasted resources and you are not using that generator as the manufacturer designed it to work that generator is not supposed to be something you place your item on it's supposed to be something that powers your house that gives you light it's supposed to be something that brings energy into your home but you are misusing it or maybe you bought the generator and you think i want to pour water into it the manufacturer says no it has to be gasoline it has to be petrol or maybe it has to be diesel you've got to use what the manufacturer has said you should put into it it's like a car you can say well i don't have money so i want to put water into my car you will have to buy a new engine if not a completely brand new car so you have to follow manufacturer's instruction. You have to understand the purpose. The purpose. You can't buy a car and then what you do is that whenever you want to have a meeting in your house, you say, let's go and sit down in a car. And then you put that car there. That may serve you some... That may seem to be serving you, but that is not the purpose of that car. And that is why there are abuses in marriage today we are using marriage for what god didn't intend it for women are using men for what god didn't intend them to use men for men are using women for what god didn't intend them to use it for children are using parents parents are using children for wrong purposes now when when the purpose is wrong the output is definitely going to be wrong so we want to start looking at what exactly is the purpose of god for marriage now for the sake of this teaching we would like to to divide to sort of divide the purpose of god for marriage into three we will be looking at the eternal purpose of god for marriage the temporal purpose of God for marriage and the specific purpose of God for marriage now when we talk about eternal purpose something that is eternal something that will have effect even after life has ceased something that had been from the foundation before the foundation of the world now if we if we look at Genesis chapter 2 in Genesis chapter 2 uh, where God said it is not Genesis 2.18 and the Lord God said it is not good that the man should be alone now God is saying that it is not good that the man should be alone but when you go back to um Genesis uh, chapter 2 you will notice that God put man in the garden God put man in the garden and asked man to dress that garden now you will remember in chapter 1 we read that God said he wants man to be in his image and to have dominion so Genesis chapter 2 is giving us 
information, more detailed information, how God came about creating the man and the woman. But what I want to stress is this, that God gave man a work to do. You see, uh, Genesis 2.15 says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Now, I want to ask you to dress it for who? And to keep it for who? It is to dress and to keep for God. It is to serve God. It is to serve God. Now, in Genesis 2.18, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help made for him. So, what are we seeing here? Is that God wants man to serve him. God wants man to serve him. But God thought it wise that it is not good for man to serve him alone. And God said, I'm going to give you somebody who is going to help you to serve me. Who is going to help you to do the work I give you to do. So, the first thing we are seeing as a, as eternal purpose of marriage is that God created marriage in order for man to serve him. God didn't create marriage for us to enjoy ourselves even though we will. God didn't create marriage to, for us to exploit one another. God didn't create marriage to deceive one another, to enslave somebody, to turn another person into a slave. That's not the purpose. The purpose is that God wants man to serve him. And God felt, I need to give man somebody to help him to serve. You see, he said, I will make for him a help. What does a help do? A help helps you to do something you want to do. So that's the context in which God created marriage. It is to make man to serve him. Now, that must settle in our hearts. We must understand that the primary purpose of God for marriage, it is to serve him. So, if our marriage is not serving God, then it is not serving the purpose of God. It is as simple as that. If our marriage is not serving God, it is then not serving the purpose of God. So, you, you, you ask yourself, did I marry in order to serve God? Is this person, if you are a young person, you say, is this person coming to my life going to enable me to serve God better? So we must understand that, that the primary purpose of marriage is to serve God. God created marriage for himself. For himself. If I have a work to do, if I have a farm, and I call the man to help me in my farm, and then later I felt that, oh, this man cannot do this work alone. And then I hire another man to help him. Now, I have called two people to help me on my farm. The work they are doing is for me. They, may be, they, they will become friends because they are working on my farm. They will become associates. They will talk together. 
They will work together, but they are serving me. I'm the one who owns the farm. I'm the one who calls them. They can't dictate to me what they want because I'm the owner. They can't tell me how to run my farm. I'm the one who will tell them how to run my farm because I'm the one who employed them. So we must understand that marriage, the purpose, the primary purpose of marriage is simply to serve God. God is putting man and woman together to serve Him, to do His work. We must understand that and that had to set you in our hearts. So you are not getting married so that you can have economic means of economic sustenance. That's a wrong mindset for going into marriage. Many people are getting married without a mindset that is intended or intending to serve God. Some feel, if I can just get married, at least I can get away from my parents. That is a wrong reason to go into marriage. You don't go into marriage because you want to run from economic recession. Because you want to run away from your parents. Because you want to run away from something. It's about God. It's about God. It's about two people coming together to serve God. Because the scripture says that one shall chase a thousand and two ten thousand. There is a grace that comes with marriage. That far exceed that grace is not addition, it's multiplication. Because if one equals one thousand, I thought two would equal two thousand. But the scripture says two will equal ten thousand. That's multiplication. So it is to serve God. Now you need to ask yourself, is my marriage serving God? Is my marriage serving the purpose of God? Is God being honored because I'm married? You can't be beating your wife and you think God is honored. You can't be rude to your husband and think God is honored. It is to serve God. It is not to dishonor Him. Everything we do that dishonors God in marriage, it is working contrary to the will of God and to the purpose of God for marriage. It has to be clear on our mind that marriage is about serving God. It's about serving God. We must serve God. It is my prayer that everybody who is listening, that you will have a marriage that will serve God. A marriage that will glorify God. A marriage that will honor God. A marriage that will please Him. That purpose has to be clear. You are a young person. You are thinking of getting married. I want to ask you. Are you planning to serve God? Now when we talk about serving God. We are not talking primarily about doing ministry. That's not what we are talking about. We are talking about coming together. To fulfill the purpose of God for your lives. Coming together so that God through you can bat his purpose, can get his work done. And it's a privilege. Because when God told Adam to dress the garden, what is there in dressing a garden that God cannot do himself? Or that God cannot send an angel 
within within one stroke and in a second the whole garden will be alright but God delights to work with man God delights to have somebody like him somebody created in his own image to work together with and so the first thing we are establishing today is that the purpose of marriage is to serve God by the grace of God next time we will be looking at the second part of the eternal purpose of God for marriage we will be looking at that in detail next time which is to show the relationship between Christ and his church we will be looking at that and then we will proceed to look at the temporal purpose of God for marriage and the specific purpose what we have done today is to look at the eternal purpose of God for marriage and under that we have examined just one which is to serve God we also established earlier that God created marriage and that he is the author of marriage and so God willing by the grace of God we will continue this broadcast next time I bless God and I pray that every troubled marriage will know the peace of the Lord in the name of Jesus God bless you. It has been your brother, Olusegun Mokuolu.